Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Hope you're all having a great day so far. And if it's your first time finding me, thanks so much and welcome. Welcome to episode 16 of my fourth season. Today is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. My name is Sonal Patel and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. So I'm back from my first on-site, in-person conference that happened in Florida with the NamUs organization. I'm still glowing, so very happy to have had my many fangirl moments, met up with my colleagues and industry friends, and gained so much valuable information and education. Now, I can't believe 2022 is just two weeks away. That's insane. This year has been a tough one, but thankfully it's flown by super fast. Now, we just have to wait and see what's in store for all of us in the new year ahead. Now, in my compliance tip today, I'm going to be diving into a new series and I want to bring us back to basics when it comes to Medicare coinsurance and deductibles. And I roll out the red carpet for a very special newsworthy guest, Yesenia Servan. And I round out today's episode with a remarkable quote on illumination from the poetic words of Rumi. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 10 years of experience in front office, back end, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into a very special newsworthy that features my guest today, Yesenia Servan. I'm so excited to introduce her to all of you. Yesenia is an expert in credentialing and provider payer enrollment. She has over 22 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Yesenia has a deep understanding of Medicare and Medicaid enrollment, and she's a nationally certified credentialing manager and provider enrollment specialist. Through her own business, YS Credentialing PLLC, Yesenia helps organizations develop and implement best practices guidelines and processes. She analyzes revenue cycle management. She guides the credentialing and payer enrollment structures. She thrives on training and growing administrative credentialing and enrollment healthcare professionals. Yesenia manages payer enrollment. She keeps team members and colleagues up to date on industry trends, and she's a liaison 
to all departments that impact payer enrollment processes. Yesenia works with durable medical equipment, hospital and health systems, as well as community mental health organizations, global managed care organizations, and providing revenue cycle consulting services to various healthcare providers and organizations. Yesenia is a current Team Med Global University faculty member at NAMSS member. She's also a present NAMSS educational conference guest speaker. She's a current member of the NAHRI Leadership Council, current trainer for the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, as well as an overall industry trainer. Yesenia studied microeconomics and communications at NEIU and healthcare administration at Concordia University, Chicago. Yesenia enjoys spending time with her family and her pugs. She finds great joy in jumping in the minivan for a family road trip. Wow, Yesenia, this is just an incredible, incredible life that you've led. What a wonderful bio. Welcome. Welcome to my podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. I want you to know that I'm fangirling because I'm, <laughs> I'm always following you. I love your posts. You have such a way of posting detailed information. We need it. We love it. I'm so grateful to be in touch with you today. Oh, thank you so much. Well, the feeling is mutual, right? You know, I've been following you and your presence on LinkedIn is growing as well daily. I think you find and post so much information that's valid from resources, um, provider information, payer information. I like all the industry relevant things that you post on LinkedIn. So thank you for being a part of this amazing healthcare industry. And I'm so glad that I have um, a pretty good question list for you today. So my audience can get to know you a little bit better, especially when it comes to credentialing, because that's something that I'm not um, 100% savvy in. So I like to bring in specialists on specific topics that they can share and help all of us in this particular space. So I love it. So why don't we go ahead and move on to my first question, right? So you've been sharing a lot of relevant posts on behavioral health during this pandemic. And I think that has been key and I've loved it. So if you could share some of those things, that would be great. Um, But in general, I really want to hear about your journey and who you are and what it took to get you here today. Some of those steps, if you could share, I'd love to hear some more. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, So I started way back these, um, these years might scare some of our, your younger listeners in 96, (laughs) I started with a a specialist, an allergist, and he was blown away. Um, Some of, some of you may remember, we used to open up the client chart and do like the little math in there, you know, like this is what they, oh, this is, you know, and just carry on whatever it was. So he was amazed that, you know, I took in a a $15 payment, even Mm -hmm. though they owe 20 and I could carry the five to the next, like he was wowed by my math skills. Math skills, (laughs) impressive. Right, (laughs) Right. 20 minus 15, he was amazed. So um, I learned a lot from him based um, regarding like client appointments, client billing um, back in the day when it was that pencil and the chart way we did it. And then I moved on to a DME uh, company in Chicago who has now grown extremely large. They're, they're all over the Midwest and in several states, but that's where I learned credentialing, right? It was one day, one of the owners, because um, the owners were heavily involved, was like, hey, we need to be part of Medicare. So mm-hmm. 
um, just call them and tell them, you know, so obviously we all know it's not the same, like, hey, Medicare, it's Yesenia on the other line. <laughs> right. And just let's please? get Dr. Smith in. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, so that was my introduction, you know, back in 99 to the credentialing world and the payer enrollment world. Like, what does it mean? What do we do? What are the steps? Um, and I absolutely loved it because mm -hmm. I felt like we have an issue. How can I resolve it? And then how does that equal the reimbursement we want? Right. So it was so exciting to me because there was always that reimbursement at the end of the day. Um, so from there, I went to um, a community mental health center. And that's where I really learned, you know, how to grow personally and professionally with the mental health mm -hmm. in mind, you know, every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what happened during the pandemic, although there were a lot of stressful things that negative things, right? One of the silver linings was the administration that was dealing, you know, regardless of where you fall uh, right. politically, but the administration that was dealing with the pandemic did such a great job in terms of CMS leading the way for telehealth and telemedicine, I right? Think. They were the mm -hmm. ones saying, we're going to do this, you know, yes. in CMS, and we encourage all of these payers out there to do the same, to follow yes. our lead. So thankfully, um, it's no longer as taboo as it used to be. We all were like, we are in the same space. We don't know how to manage. We don't know how to deal. You know, there's different types of family dynamics and how mm -hmm. do we make this work every day for this extra long pandemic season, which we thought would be like, oh, it's two more weeks of this. We oh, we'll just have one more month. Yes, <laughs> you know? Yesenia, we thought the PHE would be over, right? Every 90 days, we were like right. eager to right. get that posting that, oh, it's Back over with. Right. But no, it's never ending. But yeah, right. you bring up such great points there that CMS, you and I know, because we've been in the space long enough, that telehealth and telemedicine services have always been available, but they were so strict, right? So Not strict. all of us, the regular person had access to it. So I agree with what you said, the pandemic, however horrific it is, it allowed um, especially mental health care services, um, you know, deliverable through telehealth to be available to all of us. Because right. as, as you said, everybody, young, middle-aged, older, every single human has been affected and touched um, and stressed out and overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. And buried in these types of feelings um, for not being able to go out anywhere right? We couldn't talk to our friends and family for so very long face-to-face. -face. So yeah, um, bravo to CMS for quickly and deftly allowing telehealth and telemedicine services to become available, even though all of us working on the business side were stressed out because the changes <laughs> didn't make sense. They took it back, then they brought it forward, right? It was very confusing right. early on in the pandemic, but we were able to help our providers um, you know, document things correctly, build things correctly, you know, so even though we're in this now um, world, especially in 2022 of all these telehealth audits that are going to continue happening, <laughs> right? It's people like you and I, who can definitely help um, take a closer look at that documentation and those claims and make sure that it absolutely is accurate. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that is one of the fun parts about our job is that we always get to figure it out, right? We're the ones digging through all the layers and all the in intricacies of it. And we're like, okay, we're gonna solve it. And this yes. is how it goes, yeah. Yes. So it's very exciting. 
Um, you know, so after I left the community mental health world, I still um, had such a strong structure in mental health because I had all these colleagues that taught me about, you know, mental health, what it looks like in your personal life, what it looks like in your professional life and how you can continue to grow. So I've, that's why I have such a strong passion. A lot of my current clients are mental health professionals um, and they're really the reason why I've been able to build my business because it's all been through word of mouth. Like they've referred others to me. They've, you know, they've said, okay, you're going to start your private practice um, here, call Yesenia, you know, so they've all, I've done this for me. So I have such a strong love and such a strong bond with the mental health community. Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I also worked for managed care organizations. One of the largest managed care organizations um, was global. And I loved it because I got to see from the payer side right? Like I had been working from the provider side forever. And then I got to see the payer side and I was like pretty shocked. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that helps me um, as a credentialing and enrollment expert figure out like what they're looking at and what really are they picking about and what like they could care less about. So what are the, the big points for them? What are their pain points and how can they help the community that they're serving? And then I moved on to some very large health systems and it was such a different world. Um, the whole time, like 2014 and on, I've been maintaining my own little side hustle. I called it a side hustle, you know, because it would be uh, one therapist, one MD, you know, at a time reaching out to me. And then in March of this year, the system that I was with decided to let me go, decided it was time for me um, to move on. And I had been thinking about it, you know, like I had been thinking about it. Should I do this full time? You know, how do I know if it's time yet? My children are older. My husband's always encouraging me. Um, when is the right time? So they basically helped me decide in March mm -hmm. when they said, okay, Yesenia, thanks. Right. Uh, see you later. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, so we're doing this full time. And, and so now, you know what happened? That same exact week, I had two of my larger clients say, Yesenia, I know you have a full time job, but we have these big projects. Is there any way you can help us with them? Is Amazing. there any way? So it all fell in line perfectly. So that's that's kismet, it, right? It, it was Everything perfect. was aligned for you yep. to do this on your own. Oh, I right. love it. Right. It was that's perfect. incredible. Incredible. So that's that's how it's happened, and that's how I'm here. And I'm excited, happy, uh, busy. Uh, as we close out the year, you know how the the year end is all exactly the year end mayhem, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh exactly. my god! So that's just amazing. So all of these steps you took along the way, all these various types of healthcare organizations um, allowed you to continue honing your craft, your expertise in this one particular niche of credentialing, right? It is so difficult. I know that I can speak from experience. Um, the amount of trouble I've had providers get into and seek legal counsel when there are post-payment audits or particular, um, you know, keener eyes at the bigger commercial insurance companies looking at how credentialing was done for nurses or PAs in particular. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's a pretty good warning that it's not a one size fits all type of credentialing, right? We really have to understand who the provider is, right? Is it an extender type? Um, how does that particular big box commercial payer want that done? So we, people like you really have to be looking at those um, payer policies and requirements for 
how do they need to be credentialed? Is it even called credentialing for those particular commercial payer policies? So I love that you're also providing training for many other people. Um, you and I were talking a bit offline before I hit the record button that this is such a need, right? Is to develop new credentialing specialists because I think they're needed. Um, I think I've seen too many hiccups um, along the way for practices and providers, um, you know, and we want to diminish their struggles, right? We want them to fall cleanly, all of them from MDDO and PPA, everybody um, up under that organization needs to be clean, shiny and clean. So yeah, I like that you provide education to help grow more people to be as passionate as you are in credentialing, because I think it's so needed, so needed. So thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. And That's you know an inspiration. <clears throat> you bring up such a great point. You get to see it from the audit side, right? You get to see it. So yes, that's another mm -hmm. thing that um, I think we, we need to even build stronger as you and I are networking and we're getting in touch with other colleagues is we need to build a, a stronger bond, mm -hmm. right? Like coding, mm -hmm. uh, administrative, billing, mm -hmm. credentialing. We're so like in our silos because we love yes. it and we love our expertise. But then let's look at enrollment from your side. Like you, you would show me like, hey, Yesenia, this month, look at the audit. Look, you know, these are these 10% right. are coming back as a credentialing issue. What's mm -hmm. going on? How That's are you going to help? You know, so right. it's right. like such a beautiful thing to build these networks because we get to learn from your perspective, from each other's perspective. Like this is what I see. Um, exactly. And how can we make it more efficient, more effective? Exactly. And you bring up another great word, silo, right? It is throughout the industry, it's pervasive. Um, I have an amazing colleague, um, Dr. John Zellum. He's all about you know, crushing the silo. Why does it exist? Um, and I've been on so many projects with him and a team of others. And I know so many people in the industry, we all think the same thing. Unfortunately, we do operate in silos because that's how organizations are created, right? You have your job description. This is your job. You stay in your lane. But, you know, as we progress in our careers, and I can, again, speak from experience, on the back end, you see the mishaps that happen within each and every silo because there's no cross communication capability. But again, I'm diving into a whole new topic, which we can definitely have on another podcast. <laughs> we'll do <but> part two. <laughs> we'll do part two. But yeah, I agree with you. There are silos and I'm all about um, networking with folks like you in the credentialing and enrollment space, because we want to make sure things are done right from the start. So I appreciate you. Love everything that you do. Um, bravo. Thank you. Thank Bravo. you so much. I appreciate Bravo. It. All right. Now, why don't we move on to my next question right now? You know, um, you and I know that I'm all about working smarter for coding compliance, right? And affecting change in this space of healthcare. But I want to keep hearing your voice, Yasinia. What are some of your key takeaways for improving compliance and protecting the bottom dollar for our physicians? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on getting small practices and solo providers enrolled and participating in Medicare. So what can you share with my audience today? 
You know, I think one of the biggest things that I found every organization, whether small or large, you know, even the large health systems whom we assume have tons of money sitting somewhere in big pots, right? I think there's a big lack in training uh, for people on our side of healthcare, right? They're, they're strong proponents of obviously the clinicians, the practitioners getting their, you know, yearly CEUs, you know, making sure that that's completely tracked and that they are getting the education and training consistently and accurately. But they don't allow or they don't provide that same um, budget or time mm. for all of us, right? Mm. For our, our yes. billing people, yes. our administrative people, our credentialing yes. people, our coding people, they don't allow the same. Mm -hmm. um, so it's almost like we're treated like the other, Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of like, we're yes. part of this whole thing, the, the changes that come down from CMS, from the different payers, from the different administrations, even from our different state regulations impact all of us. And if we don't understand it, and if we're not getting the training for it, um, you're only training half of your workforce, yes. right? Like well the practitioners, we want them to serve the community well. We want them to, you know, because it's our family that they're serving essentially. But what about the rest of us? We're mm -hmm. serving that practitioner so that yes. that practitioner is able to provide that quality work, right? So we need to um, be stronger advocates and, and leadership. Um, these Our leaders and our executive teams need to understand that they need to um, provide that allowance as well. You know, let's, let's build that time. Let's build that um, budget for the rest of our teams. I agree with you, spot on. Um... I think I've said this on a previous podcast, but we need to be bigger and louder advocates for ourselves. Um, we really are uh, the vital backbone to the business of medicine. And you're absolutely correct. The clinical training obviously happens for our physicians and our providers. Um, it happens all the time, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, it goes on and on and on the amount of amazing education they have to keep up with and training that they have to keep up with. Right. Um, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that leadership in organizations currently for us in our hospital organizations and throughout, we need to have that same level an opportunity for continued education. The budget has to come to us as well, right? We simply, um, you know, in general, we're not afforded that paid training, right? We're not always afforded the opportunity to go to the bigger conferences, well, when they were available pre-pandemic, <laughs> but right, um, you know, on site for the really, really valuable networking opportunities and educational opportunities to hear live from amazing speakers, right? People who are authoritative in their knowledge um, and their years of industry experience. So I agree with you. Um, and these are things that I know you and I have posted on about on LinkedIn. We've talked about in the past, our colleagues talk about it. But we do, we need to continue our voices. We need to not be scared, not go hide under some rock for the next five years, just doing our work quietly. We do need to keep being louder um, and advocating for ourselves because we really do want um, the business side of medicine, right? And the practical side of medicine to marry 
um, they need to have a fruitful, long, happy relationship for Absolutely. a long time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. And um, when we think about it too, like there's a lot of, initially you'll feel a little awkward, you know, because for you and I, we've been doing it. Like now we know, like, no, I'm advocating. I'm saying yes. what needs to be said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so initially, mm -hmm. you know, our, our colleagues that are just entering or haven't been in, in this industry long, it will feel awkward. Correct. Yes. So what? Deal so with what? that awkwardness. Right. What work, do we have to lose? Through it, go what work through it. Lose? And then, yes. you, you, yep, you'll eventually lose that feeling of awkwardness. You just have to keep doing it, you know? Right. And it's just a matter of, um, yeah, you and I have been doing this for so long that it's simply a matter of your communication style, right? So when you're new in the industry, you don't actually know how to speak to leadership. You don't actually know how to speak to your physicians, right? So it's a matter of your delivery style. You have to come with your authority, with your knowledge, your expertise, but you have to couch it in such a way that it is instructive and helpful and kind um, to the person that you're speaking to. So yeah, and that takes practice. Um, it doesn't happen readily because let's not forget, sometimes that education um, is because you did happen to find something that was um, incorrect or something that was a deficiency or something that we need to find improvements on. But there are ways to speaking about that clearly and kindly. Um, and I think that type of delivery goes much farther than if you're simply speaking with such a punitive tone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, love it, I love it. I love it. All right. Now, my last question to you, Yesenia, today. So now I'm sorry yes. to interrupt you. I didn't sure. address the Medicare participation. I apologize. Oh, yes, please, please. We have to talk about that. So, um, so what happens is when providers come to me, you know, they're like, I'm leaving my group practice. I'm going to start my own practice. Yes. They'll say, um, keep me away from anything government. No Medicaid, no, no Medicare. They're, they're, there's this fear, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with government. I don't want to deal with these audits. Right. Um I'm, I'm too nervous to worry about it, but actually, you know, Medicare and Medicaid participation are a wonderful way to serve the community, right? There, a lot of our uh, families and friends are participating, our um, members in mm -hmm. these particular networks. And so we wanna be able to serve them as well. So if you have an, a credentialing and enrollment expert that can walk you through how Medicare works in your region, right? Medicare is led by CMS. Um, there's a MAC that manages it in your region. Medicaid is, you know, every state is different. So you'd have to be an expert in that state and understand what that state requires, what is needed. But if you have someone um, that's an expert or maybe they're not even an expert, but they're willing to read through the layers and figure it out, or, you know, willing to take one of my trainings or learn from me um, or any other colleague in the industry that's an expert, you can actually um, have a healthy revenue cycle by serving this particular population. Um, and then you have to understand that Medicare even has some a little uh, bit of intricacies when it comes to the application. You can join as a non-participating, which will reduce 
your reimbursement rate. But I always encourage providers be participating. You know, there's nothing scary about being a participating provider and you'll get, you'll see a $5 reimbursement for every session provided. And you know, um, that 5% makes a big difference at the end big of difference. the year, you'll see what that looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't be nervous about it. All you need is an expert that walks you through it and, you know, tells you uh, what the important points you need to worry about it are. So just don't be nervous about it. Go for it. We, we need you. We need you serving the community. We need you serving those Medicaid and Medicare members. Absolutely, Yesenia. I love your positivity. Absolutely. We need more of our providers like that. Yep. Love it. Excellent. I'm so glad you reminded me that that question wasn't answered. Perfect. I love it. I love it. All right. Now, Yesenia, where am I going to see you? This is my last question. You have so much left to do, but I want to know what is it you want in the next five years? I love this question so much. I used to cringe. Remember when we would get it in interviews? Where I know we used, to, we used to bite our nails. I know what? <laughs> and now I love it. Um, yes. So we've talked a lot about education and, you know, I, I do have some partnerships with some great um, training partners. I love them. They're great companies, great collaborators, but there's such a big need for more accessible training, mm. more very dedicated training, like um, specialized in credentialing, specialized in enrollment. So I want to put it out in the universe that I need a sponsor. I need a partner that shares my passion about training and that believes that education should be more accessible. Um, we should be creating more specialists, more experts. Um, we should be more of a mentor type training, right? Where I'll walk you along through these new changes. I'll walk you along um, through these new requirements where we're like actually almost like an on-demand um, type of thing where you can get it on your phone, you can get it on a podcast, you can get it, you know, on a video. So all of these um, multiple ways of accessibility. And the beauty about it is there's no time to be bored, right? You can always do more trainings. There's always new to learn. There's always more to learn. There's always a catastrophe to avoid or a catastrophe to fix. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, one of my biggest goals is to find a partner that would really have the same vision and help me grow that. And then additionally, I've, you know, seen um, through the Joint Commission that there's a lot of, across the globe, there's a lot of organizations and healthcare systems that are modeling the U.S. private healthcare hospital. Mm. Um, so one of my goals would be to get out there and okay. um do some of that work, you know, do some of that because I know the U.S. private healthcare system. And so why not do it in Mexico? Why right. not do it in Turkey? You know, like, yes, yes, that would be so cool. And Go so global. Fun. Yes, like let, let's do it. Wow. So those are my two big goals uh, for the next five years. So maybe we'll do another session in five years and see how this is going. amazing. Yesenia, your desires for the future are definitely, um, going to happen. I can see you making this happen. Wow. So hopefully I can keep my eyes peeled too, because you need a sponsor. Um, I'm going to try and see what I can do to help you, but um, yeah, this is amazing. Incredible. You're going to go far. You're going to keep going far and doing great things uh, for this industry. I can't Thank wait to see so all the good that you do. Can't we wait we, to see it because you're going to be my audit person on the other side. I'm like, okay, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, for sure. My goodness, for sure. Amazing. Well, I know I'm going to see you right where you want to be in the future because you're incredible. You are incredible. Now, is there anything um, in today's conversation with me? I know you and I could talk for hours, um, 
But is there anything you want to leave my audience as a little takeaway that we haven't gotten to today? Um, you know, whether you've been doing this forever or you're newer to the industry, um, just know that there will always be a little bit of doubt or a little bit of awkwardness or a little bit of like, oh, do I keep doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, we all feel like that sometimes, you know, it's part of um, checking in with yourself. It's part of just making sure that this is the path you want to be on. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to a mental health expert ever. Even if you decide, well, I just want to do one quick session and see how it feels. Go for it. You know, Go for it. Yes. We all need it at one point or another. There's no shame. There's it's no wonderful. Shame. Love it. And <laughs> it's completely confidential. So, exactly. you know, you never want anybody else to know. Perfect. No one else will ever know. So Exactly. Um, yeah, just, just stay aware of your mental health for sure. Oh, what a good message. What a good message, Yesenia. Now, um, would it be all right if I include in my show notes that people can find you on LinkedIn? Are they allowed to find you at your business? Do you have an email or a website that I can put in my show notes? Yes. Yeah. And you can find me via my website at ysprudentialing.com. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. I try to follow your leads and on like posting useful information. You know, I do like the cutesy stuff. I love the funny stuff because it cracks me up and I need it. Because <laughs> we need it day. on Friday, right. don't we? <laughs> we need it for sure. But I also do a lot of useful information. Hey, did you know this is happening with this network? Did you know, you know, like I try to give you as much info as possible. So yes, please connect with me. I love it, Yesenia. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank and you. I can't I wait to see you, you next time. Thank you. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. So in today's new back to basics compliance tip, I wanted to focus on Medicare coinsurance and deductibles. What does it all mean? Well, in just a few short weeks on January 1st, our calendar year 2022 rates take effect. So why don't I go over some basics? Patients who use covered Part A services may be subject to deductible and coinsurance requirements. Now, Part A are for our hospital inpatient stays. Medicare subtracts an inpatient hospital deductible amount from the amount payable to the hospital for inpatient hospital services it provides during the patient stay. When a patient gets such services for more than 60 days during that stay, they're responsible for a coinsurance amount equal to one-fourth of the inpatient hospital deductible per day for the 61st through the 90th day in the hospital. In other words, the coinsurance applies for days 61 through day 90. Now, a patient has 60 lifetime reserve days of coverage, which they may use after the 90th day of stay. The coinsurance amount for these days is equal to one half of the inpatient hospital deductible. A patient is responsible for a coinsurance amount equal to one eighth of the inpatient hospital deductible per day for the 21st through 100th day of skilled nursing facilities or SNFs services provided during a stay. Now, most individuals aged 65 and older and many disabled individuals under age 65 have Part A health insurance benefits without a premium payment. 
Now, the Social Security Act says that certain aged and disabled persons who aren't insured may voluntarily enroll but must pay a monthly premium. Now, since 1994, voluntary enrollees may qualify for a reduced premium if they have 30 to 39 quarters of covered employment. When voluntary enrollment takes place more than 12 months after a person's initial enrollment period, Medicare adds a 10% penalty for two years for every year they could have enrolled and failed to enroll in Part A. Now, under Part B of the Supplementary Medical Insurance Program, all enrollees pay a monthly premium. Now, Part B are for our physicians, right? Now, most SMI services, those are our supplementary medical insurance program payments, most SMI services are subject to an annual deductible and coinsurance, which is a percent of costs that the enrollee must pay, which are set by statute. Now, when Part B enrollment takes place more than 12 months after a person's initial enrollment period, there's a permanent 10% increase in the premium for each year the patient could have enrolled and failed to enroll. Now for 2022 Part A hospital insurance, the Part A deductible is going to be $1,556. Let's break that down. So the coinsurance for Part A is going to be $389 a day for days 61 through 90. Moving on, it will be $778 a day for days 91 through day 150. And finally, there's a breakdown of $194.50 for days 21 through day 100 in a skilled nursing facility, a SNF. Now, let's move on to the 2022 Part B supplementary medical insurance rates for Part B. Remember, Medicare Part B covers those physician services, right? outpatient hospital services, certain home health services, durable medical equipment, and certain other medical and health services not covered under Part A. So the standard premium for 2022 is going to be $170.10 per month. The Part B deductible is going to be $233 a year. The coinsurance is going to stay at 20%. Now, yes, this is a considerable increase in costs, right, for our Medicare population for Part B. For the monthly premiums, this is an increase of $21.60 from $148.50 in calendar year 2021. And remember, the annual deductible for all Medicare Part B beneficiaries is $233 in calendar year 2022. This is actually an increase of $30 from the annual deductible of $203 in calendar year 2021. So costs are rising year after year and put considerable strain on our aging population, but they need to be armed with the facts. So I hope this small series on the back to basics of Medicare coinsurance and deductibles has proved to be important. It's fundamental if you have Medicare as a payer to keep an eye on what the new coinsurance and deductible amounts are for your patient population. When the documentation paints the medical picture with clarity and vibrancy, 
from the onset of care, a certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from Rumi. Do not worry if all the candles in the world flicker and die. We have the spark that starts the fire. Amazingly true, right? I think this is the perfect quote that reminds us, inspires us on the significance of illumination. This impactful statement reveals the power of illumination within ourselves. This statement shows us that just one light can go out, but it can be reignited time and time again. Even if more than one light burns out, there are sure to be more sparks ignited. This single light resides in each and every one of us. I am happy Rumi's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. Please go out and make this a great day, an incredible week for yourselves. Aim a little higher, do a little more, and give back in any way you can in 2021. There's so much each one of us can do. Now, in my final note today, there's very little time left before Santa arrives. So please go out and volunteer your time, cook that hot meal, and serve to those left hungry in your communities. Support your local clothing and shoe charities. Any little bit of giving makes a huge impact. As always, I appreciate you diving into today with me. And if you want more information from me, go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please continue staying safe and healthy, practice safety for one and all during our collective seemingly never ever ending life and times of coronavirus. Thank you so much for listening in on today's very special episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday. Thank you.